Does anybody know if somebody was supposed to pick up uh, Joseph and... Oh, they did good. Thank you. Amen. Ready? 258. Amen. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He first song out is rough. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away.
Thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Lord, I just pray for everybody who's still traveling different places around the country, uh, trying to get to church or coming home. Lord, there's going to be a lot of people leaving out of Jacksonville today. I just pray that you'd bless them, get, get them here safely, and those coming back this week. Those coming for morning service, Lord, I pray that you get them here safely. And Lord, you just give us something out of your precious word this morning. We'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Man, we need one's enough on that one. What's that? No, <clears throat> we just go. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 19. Uh, Brother Combs was going to uh, do Sunday school this morning, and he calls me just right after. So if Sunday school goes lousy, uh, it's because I didn't get to prepare as much as I normally do. And uh, he, uh, he calls and says, hey, brother, my car won't start. So he had a bad uh, battery. So he asked me if I could do Sunday school. I said, oh, yeah, brother, I'll do it. Uh, they did everything last week. Last week was supposed to be this week. And with this week was supposed to be last week. However you do it, I don't know. It just, it just works out this way. So this is what's happened. So you got me. Genesis 19. Uh, Elizabeth did have a baby. We went down to Florida. Uh, got down there Thursday morning. I mentioned it to some people. I'll mention it, just, I'll mention it again during morning service. But uh, she had a girl. Uh, seven pounds, eight ounces. Is that it? Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, so uh, it's a little girl. Uh, came out, everything came out good. They did some more tests on her this morning. She was supposed to come home this morning, but she said they won't let her out of the hospital till after nine or noon because all the doctors go to church, and uh, they won't let her out until they need somebody to sign her out. So she was happy about that. She said, "Well, if you're going to keep me in here, at least that's a good excuse to keep me in." And she was happy about that. But we went down and seen him yesterday, and she was really happy. Uh, she's got her little baby now, and, and she thought the Lord was going to come back and get her, I guess, uh, and take us out here with a rapture, and she wasn't going to have the joys of having a baby. And after having the baby, she goes, I don't want to do that one again for a while. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not joyful to watch a woman go through that. I'm telling you what, I, I wasn't there. Beth was there. They, wouldn't, they let Noah and her Beth be in there, but uh, it, it's just one of those things. Guys, all we can do is sit there and watch sometimes, and uh, that, that is one of the most painful things you ever see in your life. I watched it on a spectrum analyzer. Uh, Beth, when she had Andrew, I was down at uh, Navy base, and I was a satellite tech, so I, I used test equipment to look at satellites and stuff and bandwidth and amplitude and all that other stuff. So when they put the fetal monitor on, it, it was a spectrum analyzer just used in a different function. I, I could read the thing, bandwidth, amplitude. Bandwidth was the length of the uh, contraction, and amplitude was the, uh, 
the uh, intensity of the contraction. And we have something called the noise floor. So when you hooked it up to the satellite or receiver, uh, the background noise of all the stars and the sun and moon and everything else out there, the general noise would come in and you'd have a noise floor on the spectrum analyzer. So, and then the signal would come up out of that, that noise floor. Well, as soon as I looked at the fetal monitor on when she had it hooked up to Beth, I just related, I said, well, the, the noise floor is her contraction level at this con constant contraction level. That's her reference point. She's in this contraction at this point. And then I could watch the uh, contractions come up out of that. And I'm like, here, it'd go up and come right back down. So that's a little easy one. And then it would go up and go over and come back down. So, ooh, that was a longer one. She kept telling me to shut up. And then... <laughs> Then it would go off the screen and flat top. That means you can't see it on the screen. But you know it went up like here, and then it came back down, and then came back on the screen. And then, then the noise floor, what I would call noise floor, but here's a contraction, jumps up to where now it's like a constant contraction. I said, oh, that must really hurt, man, all the time. And I could read it. You could see it. So most, most of us never see that stuff, but realizing what that was, I, you could see the pain that a woman goes through when she's having a baby. This has something to do with the morning lesson. Well, it does have something to do with the morning lesson. I can, I can bleed that in here easy. Uh, I, I'm telling you what, ladies go through something for us that uh, men who don't love their wives are ignorant because they put up a lot of stuff. You got kids, they put up a lot of stuff uh, with us naturally without kids. And then when they have kids, it's, it's a whole lot more. Uh, Genesis 19, Genesis 19. Let me see where we left off. I left off right about... Yeah, got there, got there, did that, did this. Been there, done that. Oh, yeah, verse 17. The angels uh, is, is sad. Uh, this is one of the saddest stories. And the Lord says, as it was in the days of Lot, so it shall be when the Son of Man shall come. Uh, it's going to get back to that very same thing. And, and uh, I say that for a reason, because we're in a, in a realm right now where uh, the world is taking... Uh, all your time, uh, one of the preachers down there, a young man preached a message, and he, he used the, the passage over in the Old Testament where uh, the Nebuchadnezzar and them came in, they took everything, and all they did was left them with uh, gold or uh, brass shields. And uh, he said, you know, he knew the story, and he said most people that he'd ever heard preach that story, all he's preached it, that the sin got him down to the brass shields. But he said, I'd like to take that to another point today, and he goes, uh, this is where we're at. We're in a world right now where we have brass shields, and we're never going to go back to the gold shields. We're never going to get back there. And then he started talking about preachers, and he went back to Dr. Carl Lackey, and I've sit under Dr. Carl Lackey, and he talked about Harry Nixon, Dr. Harry Nixon. I've sit under Dr. Harry Nixon, uh, Dr. Jack Hiles, and, and uh, oh, uh, Dr. John Mitchell. I've seen all these preachers. I've been around them. And he said he asked these men questions, and he said, what was the, one of the greatest messages that you ever got to preach, or what was the greatest time you was ever at where you got to be at a place where you felt God wasn't? And he goes, every one of them uh, before 1982 said the same thing. And uh, Carl Lackey was talking about a meeting. He said, John Mitchell was talking about a meeting. He, he said, every one of them said, and the Holy Spirit came down in the meeting, and you knew it. And John Mitchell said that they had some doors on the, pla on the pulpit here, and all he did was he opened the doors and crawled inside the, the uh, pulpit and closed the doors behind him because he didn't want to mess it up. He said people were flooding the altars and everything else. He said after 1982, he could not find a preacher anywhere that could tell him the same thing that those men told him before 1982. And he said what the problem is is we're in an age now where we have the brass shields. He said, but there's nothing wrong with having a brass He said God knew you were going to be raised in an area where there's going to be brass shields. 
He knew we were going to come into an area where there's going to be some people in the brass shield area, and you're not going to ever get the gold. It's not going to go. I'd love to see a revival. I'm telling you, I've seen some people run aisles. I've watched people sing. I've watched them shout and yell and scream and run all over the place. And I mean, actually doing it, really doing it, not fake. Uh, I don't think it was something that it was put on. I seen one guy do it one time. Uh, you talking about a reserved person, Brother Donovan. You talking about a reserved person. This, was you there when he jumped up and ran when uh, Sound Doctrine was singing? We was at a blowout, and Brother Donovan's a great man. I love him, and he was, but he's reserved. I mean, he's like. Stoic. Uh, he, he hardly ever moves. And when he preaches, he, he's a lot better than he used to be. But he's sitting right there, in the, and uh, I'm sitting back here, and he's sitting over here. And they start singing about Jesus coming back and the glory and all this other stuff. And I'm telling you, man, that guy jumps like seven feet off the ground, and he run, starts running the aisles. I've never seen him ever do that before or after that. Uh, something got a hold of him, right? You could feel it in the air. I mean, the tingling started being there. And you could feel it. People say, well, what is that? That's the power of God. What's wrong with us today is we haven't ever seen that. And since we haven't seen it, we don't know what it is. And since we don't know what it is, we don't know how to strive to get it. You know what Lot's problem was? He had forgotten what it was. If he ever knew what it was. Abraham knew what it was. But Lot didn't know it. So Lot is sitting down here in Sodom. And he doesn't know what it is. And some people, we, we, we have a form of godliness without God. And the, that, that's a, it's a killer to us. you got to let go of that thing. you got to find some way of getting, wrong, getting rid of it. So down in verse 17, Lot is sitting here. And the, actually go back to 15. And when the morning arose, the two angels are still there. When the, morning, when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, uh, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Uh, and that can't happen to us if you hang around too long. And, and while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord brought them, uh, Lord being merciful unto him, uh, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it, is, and it came to pass when they had brought them forth, Abroad, that he said, Escape uh, for thy life, and look not behind thee, neither stay thou uh, in, a, in, a, in all the plains. Escape to the mountains, at least thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O oh, not so, my lord. Behold, now uh, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shown unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountains, lest uh, some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to, the, to flee unto, and it is a little one. Little ones don't matter. They're just as bad as the big ones. Oh, let me escape thither, as it is uh, a little one, and my soul shall live. And they said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, uh, that I will not overthrow this city, for the which thou hast spoken. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Uh, be with the morning meet, uh, service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lot. Lot, Lot is at a place in his life where he's been so far, you could say backslidden. No, uh, Peter says he, he's righteous. That righteous Lot vexed his uh, uh, righteous soul daily by the filthiness that was going on. Uh, Lot, Lot has been backslidden for so long that he had forgotten the hand of God. And God pulled him out of, the two angels pulled him out of a city. And, and Lot, instead of going where they told him to go, cannot the Lord take care of us? Of course he can uh, if, they, if the Lord tells you to do something, you know it's the Lord telling you to do something, then that's what you ought to do. But Lot has lived in the city so long, he didn't even know how to get away from the city and listen to what God had said. 
And he says, put me back in this little city. And that's, there's a danger there. He had clear instructions. Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Uh, neither stay thou in all the plains. You don't want the city. Oh, let me go to the city. No, you don't need the city. He said, escape to the mountains, lest thou be consumed. Uh, brethren, we can get consumed with the exact same thing this world gets consumed with if we keep playing with it. Uh, the hardest thing to do is sometimes just let go of the thing. It's just not worth playing with. And sometimes you got to leave the world behind, and sometimes you got to leave family members behind. Lot, there was at least 10 there, if, if the passage is correct. It says, thy sons. And I never caught that before until I was reading through here the last time. And it said, thy sons-in-law, two. And he had, that means two daughters, so that's four. His sons is two more, that's six. His two uh, daughters, that's eight. And then him and his wife, uh, that makes 10. So there was 10 of them in there. Lot had to leave uh, six of them behind. Now, he didn't want to do it. Uh, he had got to a point in his life where he just really didn't want to do it. And you say, well, that's his kids. We should never get to the place where we make God equal to anything on this planet. And what Lot has done is he's got to the place where the Lord is now equal to what's on this planet. And that's a wrong place. You can never make the right decision doing that. We can't do it. Uh, I learned a long, long time ago that in 1980 when I joined the Navy initially, I knew right there that I was going to have to leave my whole world behind. And it was, you have to do it. It's like you got to do it. And, and everybody said, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. But it, I knew that if I stayed there, they were just going to drag me right back down into it. It was a fresh start. It was everything. I got up to Great Lakes, Illinois, and I was going into the, we were all a bunch of sailors. Sailors don't know how to march. And sailors just getting in the military definitely don't know how to march. We still all had our civilians on. We were marching into boot camp, or they were trying to. We were stumbling over each other. And this carload of women went by. Uh, women of the evening. And uh, I remember this girl. It's a red Cadillac. I see it. I can see that car in my head the rest of my life. Uh, it was a red Cadillac convertible, and this girl was standing up on, sitting up on the back of the, the back seat. And, and she just yells into the crowd. But in, in my little mind, I thought she was speaking to me. I guess all the guys felt that way. I had no idea. But I, I was like, I heard it. And she said, I'll get you after boot camp. And I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> And, I mean, I remember saying that. I'm like, no, you ain't going to get me. I said, you ain't going to touch me. And it was like the Lord said, hey, I'm going to give you another chance. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to straighten your life out. Whatever he did to open my eyeballs up, I think taking some things out of my life like that really got my attention. And you would think that Lot would have the same thing. Two angels dragging him out of Sodom. You would think that the Lord would get his attention. But sometimes it just don't happen. If you go over to the book of Revelation, you'll find over there that those men and women over there, uh, God is dumping on them and dumping on and they're cursing him still in the book of Revelation. And you sit there and say, how could you, you're not going to win, but we get to so hard in our hearts uh, that you can't win, uh, that you're, you're, he turns you over to reprobate mind, you're done. Uh, if there's one thing I, I've always told the Lord, I said, if there's one thing, and I'm like David in the Psalms, don't take, don't take you out of my mind. Just don't take you out of my mind. If you want to put me on a shelf, put me on a shelf, that's fine. If you want to just, just put me off to the side and never talk to me ever again, that's fine. But don't take the thought of you out of my mind. If you don't want that's fine. I, I, if you don't want to talk, that's fine. You don't have to talk to me, but I let me talk to you. Let me never forget you. And I'm sitting there going, Lot, what is your problem? But he, he does some crazy things. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Why would you now, now you're going right back to the place where God pulled you out of, and he told you exactly what not to do, and now you're trying to tell the Lord that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he said, uh, 
And I think I got into this. I read all that. And he, he said, just a little city. Just a little city. Be sure uh, your sin will find you out. Uh, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little city is just as bad as a big city uh, if the cities are corrupt. If it, and the world is just getting corrupt and corrupt, more corrupt every moment. Uh, but this world, I mean, with all the luster, I, even back in that day, I'm sure Sodom had, had some of the, the finer refinements that the world would have. Uh, night lighting, they probably had lights up and down the streets all the time. Uh, you'd go out in the streets safely if you were one of them. If you weren't one of them, you could go out safely. But uh, if you were a, a member of that city, you, you probably had places to eat and places to go out. They, they obviously didn't have movie theaters or airports or none of that stuff. But, hey, they had uh, other, other refinements that you wouldn't have up on top of a mountainside somewhere. And uh, Abraham, Abraham was much better off than Lot ever was. And Abraham had a relationship with the Lord, and you'll show through here in a little bit. But sometimes your request, you request, sometimes your request agreed, uh, agreed to, but the outcome is not uh, what the Lord would want for us. And Lot, the Lord did not want Lot to go. His whole life could have been changed completely different. Uh, Lot should have said, look, I can't go into the mountain. I'll go back up with uh, Brother Abraham. And I'll start all over again. And, but his heart was already turned so, so much he couldn't even do that. And he probably was thinking about his kids that he was leaving behind and everything else and, and his ties to that city. It's, you gotta, you can't, you got, we got to place the Lord in such a place in our lives that uh, the rest of this stuff pales to that. Uh, what's wrong with people not coming to church anymore? Uh, it's like that man preached that message. That was a young man preached that message, by the way. Uh, Brother Pilkington's probably in his 30s. Uh, there was an old man sitting there, probably 75, and uh, he goes, that was one of the best messages that young man's ever preached about those brass shields. And, but what he did is he brought those other old preachers in, and he, he said, uh, that young man said this, he goes, he goes, old preachers do not scare me. He says, you young people scare me. He goes, because you're so tied up into the world, you can't let go of it. He said, that scares me. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. I said, brother, that's a good message, man. I said, that is, I might have to steal that from him. I, I said, but I was thinking in my mind, I said, but we've done went beyond the brass shields. We're plastic now. Everything we have is all plastic. We got plastic dashes, plastic this, plastic that, plastic cards. We got plastic everything. Uh, we've done went away from the brass. The brass, we just, everything keeps getting removed and we think we're doing better. We're doing worse. Uh, verse 21, and he said, Said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning these things also. <clears throat> God, God will allow angels to make a decision based on uh, what's going on, give them a leeway to do some stuff, that I will not overthrow this city for which thou hast spoken. And he wanted to go to Zoar. So haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot uh, do anything till thou come in thither. Therefore, uh, the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was, ri uh, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire uh, from the Lord out of heaven. And you think that would have got his attention. Uh, verse Jude 7 says, Jude 1, 7, it's only one chapter in Jude. But it says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, they were queers. And uh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of, uh, of eternal fire. Uh, when, when the Lord did that, he said, man, it's, it's going to come back down. It's going to come back down to, in the end time, it's going to be just like this again. 
that, there was a, that ordination, I got to go down Thursday. Uh, Dr. Peacock called and asked me if I'd come down and help him just sit on a board. There was 12 preachers there, and, and uh, he wanted some pastors. So I went down and was there. I did get to do that. I had to come back Friday morning for uh, Elizabeth. Uh, man, that was the strangest thing. They charged me to change my flights from Saturday night to Friday morning at 5 o'clock, four cents. I'm like, what? I said, four cents? It costs more to use the credit card than that. And I said, are you going to actually make me pay four cents? They go, yeah, you gotta, we got to pay the four cents before I can change the flights. So I had to give them my credit card number, and they charged my credit card two cents. And so I told Elizabeth, I said, you owe me two cents. I said, I had to come back and waste two or three days for you. I said, but it was, it was fun. But, but right here, he overthrew these cities, and uh, it's going to get the same exact way today. And the problem is, is the world is trying to remove us from any thought of God. Where churches used to be packed out. I remember as a little kid uh, in, in the 60s, right, right before the, the time, up, up at the top of the hill from where I was raised, there was a little white church. And they used to have camp meetings, and they would have tents. They'd put tents up, and they'd fill the whole place with sawdust. And then they'd put bleachers all around. They'd have, I don't know, the Church of God or Church of Christ. I don't know who they were, man. I'd go up there and listen to them anyways. I thought they were funny. Uh, I mean, I was Catholic, so I didn't know no better. But i tell you what, I bet you I got enough Word of God in my heart from those places that it just started multiplying and multiplying. And every now and then they'll say something right. 90% of what they say may be right. I still have no idea who was preaching to them. But it just goes in and, and sits there. And goes in and sits there. They called it the sawdust trail. I mean, the churches used to do that stuff. Now they do it, and it's it, you. It's not even real anymore. It's just you do it for sake of just doing it. Uh, back then they did it, and those meetings would go three or four or five weeks at, at a time. Now you can't. If you have one, two or three days, people start complaining. Well, I got this to do. I got this to do. I got this to do. We have placed God on the same level of this world. And it says, I, I, I'm a firm believer, it's what I believe. There is nothing between me and the Lord Jesus Christ, period. Now, I may be the worst sinner in the whole wide world, but there's nothing between me and Jesus Christ. And when it comes right down to it, Beth don't fit there, nothing fits there, nothing. My job, nothing fits there, nothing. Second to that, then I've got, he gave me a wife. And that wife, my wife sits right there second to that right there. Um, Beth never gets in front of me and Jesus Christ, but when it comes down to it, that's like I made the decision to come back. And I place church and my wife, my family, about right there. You can't hardly see the difference between the two. If there is a difference, it's very slight. Uh, and I, I think church, that, that should be a guideline for my life. I won't do anything but that. Uh, do I go to church every Wednesday night if I'm away from here? If, if I can, I do. If I can find some place, I don't. If I, I make sure I stay read up on, my, kept up on my Bible. But I think church should be the number one thing. And when we start placing that back for any reason, you can find a billion of them that you can place back here. You're going to end up like a lot. You say, oh, no, I won't. Yes, you will. There's going to come a day after. Oh, man, there's a sermon. Where's that month's sermon? I got a sermon. My hot little finger. Lot never intended to happen to him and happen. No man or woman would ever start and say, I want my wife. Well, I'll take that back. Some men today will probably say, I wish my wife would turn into a pillar of salt. Some women would say, I wish my husband would turn into a pillar of salt. So I'm giving you ladies a, an opportunity to get on the same side as that. But, but uh, here's Lot never intended when he left Abraham, probably when he left Ur of the Chaldees with Abraham, he never intended that the end of his life would be out there somewhere. And two angels are going to drag him out of a city called Sodom. 
and they're going to rain fire and brimstone and kill, uh, kill two of his daughters and sons-in-laws and a couple sons and, and just wipe everybody out. And, he, and he's going to end up on a mountainside uh, after Zoar and everything else. His wife's going to be turned to a pillar of salt and, and his two daughters are going to have incest with him and his whole world is just going to be shot and two of the sons that come out of those two girls are going to be fighting the nation of Israel for the rest of their lives. And Lot probably never intended that. A, a man named Margie Lee, he wrote a, a message. I thought it's really good. Go to 1 Kings. This, this, uh, by the way, this story is over and over and over in your Bible. It's just the same thing no matter where you go. Uh, 1 Kings 21, I believe, if I don't have a scribble error. 21. And it came to pass, first one. And it came to pass. Everything comes to pass, by the way. Uh, so it always comes to pass. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, well, I, I was sitting there yesterday and thinking, uh, I said, man, you know, I could do this and do this and do this and do this and I could save a few bucks. And, and I said, Lord, you know, I'm Jacob. And, and this thought goes to my head. Yeah, you're Jacob. And I said, and I'm just sitting here trying to scrimp and save and do all. I said, it ain't worth it. So I went on Amazon, bought this stuff for 70, 80 bucks and had him ship it. I said, that just removes the temptation completely out of my life to do anything wrong. It's amazing. We never think that God's going to ever do anything back to us. But here, it came to pass after these things that Naboth, uh, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard and was uh, in Jezreel, hard uh, by the palace of, of Ahab, the king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee uh, for it a better vineyard than it. That's like the COVID-19 virus thing. Uh, just do what I tell you to do. Uh, or, or if it seemed good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. They try to give you money so you'll take the shot. And Nabal said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because the word of Nabal, the Jezreelite, had, had spoken to him. And he said... I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid uh, on, uh, him down upon his bed and turned his face away and would not uh, would eat no bread. But he's just a little whiny crybaby. Anyways, uh, R.G. Lee preached this message. And uh, I think if this is the same one, uh, he read it. It's like nine, 23 pages long. And he read it. He had bad eyesight, if I got the right preacher. Uh, and he had it. And they said people's hands were on the pews turning white. Uh, they felt like the, the bottom of the doors of the underneath the church was going to open up the, and they were going to fall right into hell. He said, these people, these, now this is back in the 17th, 18th century. I'd have to get the exact date on that. That, that was his text. His, his points in this text was the real estate requested. Give me thy vineyard. That's, you know, here's a man who says, he's king. You should do what I tell you to do. Uh, the pouting pontiff, he came into his house. He said, no, you ain't going to get it. This is my body. This is what God gave me. And I'll do with it what I want to do, what the Lord tells me to do. But nobody should be able to tell us what to do with your body. You can do whatever you want to do. That's your choice. The title of this message is Payday Someday. Ahab never realized that that day was going to come. So many times in our lives, we don't think that day's ever going to come. Lot never thought that day would come. Yet, boy, here it is that day two angels pop up. The wicked wife. You know what Lot had was a wicked wife. Wives sometimes have wicked husbands. Husbands have wicked wives. Sometimes they're both okay, and they still blow it. Sometimes they're both messed up. But Jezebel sits there and comes up with a plan how to get Ahab that thing. 
a message meant to murder. She wrote letters to everybody and says, go get Naboth and bring him up. Let's set him up on high. Tell you what, when you get the praise of this world, you better watch out, man. That thing will blow your head up. Dr. Roman used to call puffing. They puff you up. Uh, he, talk, he was talking about, uh, and he could do this, by the way. I mean, I can't do this, but he can, so I'll just repeat what he said. Billy Graham was, had meetings. Dr. Ruttman was chosen by the Billy Graham Association to, to, they requested if he would take all the meetings. Dr. Ruttman is Southern Baptist, by the way, uh, and so was Billy Graham. He was requested to take all the uh, meetings that Billy Graham could not do. So if there was a conflict in meetings, Dr. Ruttman and Billy Graham was at a meeting in California, had one to do in, in New York. They wanted the lesser of the two meetings, obviously, they wanted Dr. Ruttman to take. Well, if, if that meeting had 25,000 people and the other had 50,000, he would have been able to preach all the time. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. He said, why? He goes, that's not what the Lord called me to do. And he said, what, what the news media did is puffed Billy Graham up. Now, if you looked at Billy Graham toward the end of his life, he never intended to get to where he was at. Uh, he said, he, there's pictures of him with the Pope. Billy Graham, an, a Baptist preacher, a Southern Baptist preacher sitting with the Pope. You say, what in the world happened to him? He said, it's puffed. They puffed him up. They kept saying how great he was and how great he was and how great he was. When you're starting to get the, the news media on your side, there's a problem. There's a problem going. So uh, Jezebel starts writing letters, and she writes them to all the men. And they, pro pro uh, they, for, uh, they proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high. Sometimes people will do things that are religious, and it'll make us think, oh, they're religious. Look, they're putting a fast on. No, it's the same thing. This world has always been the same. It will never change. And for some reason, we trust it. We get to the place where we trust it. And we think, it's, and you're gonna, we're going to end up just like Lot. It's, it's, there's no way out of the thing. He can pull us out. I'm, I'm reading Jeremiah and Ezekiel. I love them two books. Now, they're, they're some of the greatest books in the whole Bible, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm sitting there. I mean, most people I've talked to say, I can't understand Ezekiel. I understand it very well. It's a judgment of God. And he's sitting there telling you exactly, and he keeps talking about, he keeps talking about uh, judgment, judgment. He lays on his side for 360 days and does this and does that and does this. And everybody's looking at him saying, what is, and he tells them and they still won't do it. And them guys, uh, Jeremiah talks to him and says, they said, Jeremiah, tell us what the Lord says and we will do it. And he tells them and they say, we ain't going to do that. It's not, it's never easy. It's not an easy road. It's to serve Jesus Christ. It's just not easy. Uh, but it, it, boy, the dividends are out of this world. A message uh, meaning to murder. They proclaim a fast. These are just points. The, the visit to the vineyard. After they kill Naboth, they think, oh, everything's cool. I got the vineyard. It's cool, man. I'm good to go. Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard. The alarming appearance. Elijah pops up. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is great. Saying, oh, what? Payday Sunday. He comes in there and he nails him. In the last statement, I mean, I didn't bring the whole sermon. I wasn't going to bring 23 pages of this. You ought to read it sometimes. It's a great one. Uh, payday itself did not, uh, did God mean what he said? Or was he playing a prank on royalty? Did payday come? These are all statements, questions that uh, R.G. Lee asked. Uh, payday someday is written in the constitution of God's universe. The retributive providence of God is a reality as certain as the laws of uh, gravitation are a reality. And to Ahab and Jezebel, payday came as certainly as night follows day because sin itself carries uh, the seed of its own fatal penalty. People can drink booze and you go out there 
And it looks like they're having fun. I mean, it really looks like they're having fun. I used to drink, and I, I, in the end of that thing, I never had fun. Uh, people can, can drink booze if they will and offer the damnable body, bottle to others if they will. But certainly, uh, certainly a payday someday. My dad was a drunk. He was a drunk for 30 years of his life. He turned his life back over to Jesus Christ. He was saved when he was in 1957. 1987, he turned his life back over to Christ. My brother hated him to the day he died. He never did resolve those problems with, with what he caused in those 30 years. There's, it destroyed his life. Now, he recovered some things, and I thank God for that, but there's just things he never could recover. And there's some things the Lord could cover up, but a lot of that just never did. Uh, if they, but certainly, payday someday is, is read in the words, no drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, and the last words, uh, at last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. So you can tell that he was definitely against drinking. Uh, the certain, certainty of payday someday for all those who regard not God or, or man is set forth in the words of an unknown poet. You'll pay. The knowledge of your acts will weigh heavier on your mind each day. The more you climb, the more you gain, the more you feel the nagging strain. Success will cower at the threat of re retribution. Fear will fret your peace and bleed you uh, for the debt. Conscience collects from every crook uh, more than the worth of what he took. You're, you're, you only thought you'd got away, but in the night you'll pay and pay. Another one said, this is the price I pay just for, the, uh, for one riotous day. You ever thought that what you do sometimes is only minutes or hours? And you'll pay the rest of your life for that thing. But this flesh says, do it, do it, do it. Oh, just do it. And you sit there and say, no way, man. I said, I know, I know what this thing's going to cost me. Uh, it's just going to cost, you know, the, the Lord will warn you not to do something. And yet, years of regret and of grief and sorrow without relief. That's a lot. Suffer it. Uh, I will, uh, I will, my friend, suffer it until the end. Until the grave shall give relief. Some uh, small was the thing I uh, bought. Uh, small was the thing at best. Small was the debt I thought, but oh God, the interest. You pay and you pay and you pay and you pay. Uh, you know what I learned in 64 years? I just, I'm going to turn 64 in a couple days. I learned that you can never get caught up. Uh, I, I'm getting to hate real estate agents. I hate car salesmen. I don't hate them. I just dislike them immensely. It's like one step back from hate. Uh, it's, that's the Christian thing to do. Uh, I, don't, I don't trust somebody who says it's for your own good or I'm here to help you. If you're here to help me, just give it to me. Why, why don't you just give me what you're trying to help me do? Why are you asking me for stuff? I don't trust them, man. Uh, you see them drive up in these fancy cars and these fancy suits and everything else. You know they get their fancy everything from you. Uh, 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 they sell real estate, $7,000, on. if they get 7% on $100,000. You sell a $500,000, they made $35,000 on you on one shot. These people who do that, you go, uh, my boss has always wanted me to sell stuff. I can't sell nothing. I'm a lousy salesman if you ever seen me. I'm, I'm just lousy. I was out on an Apple and Crane company down here, Apple and Paper company. Uh, they changed hands to somebody else. 
But uh, they had me look down on one of their big cranes down on the bleach line, and I'm looking. And my boss wanted me to sell them a whole new crane. You know, like, go out and sell them one five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar crane, something like that. That's what, I go up there and say, hey, you need twenty two dollars and thirty cents worth of parts, <laughs> and I can fix your crane. And it'll last you another ten years. And the manager sits there and says, I'll oh, do whatever you want to do, Mike. I don't care. Just, they trusted me. I go back to the shop. My boss is chewing me up one side down the other because I didn't sell him a new crane. He did not care one thing about whether that crane was good or bad. He was just looking at the bottom line on Kona Crane, and I want to make money, and that's all I care about. It's never the customer. It's never trying to get a good deal anymore. It's never trying to be faithful. I worked at Firestone. You say, oh, that's just Kona Crane. No, I worked at Firestone. A guy comes in with a mobile home trailer behind his truck, one of these you know, travel trailers. And he kept blowing the valve stems out of the rims, and the rims kept going. He kept going flat because the thing was too heavy. Uh, probably needed a third axle, but it didn't. But he had two axles. And, and, and he said, what is it? What do I need? And I looked at it and said, what, you, what we need to do is take those tires off, break them down, and we'll put, we'll put uh, metal valve stems in. And they've got a metal cap on the back so they can't blow through. I said, and you'll never have a problem ever again. He said, how much is that going to cost? I said, 15 bucks a tire. He said, do it. So I did it. Then my boss gets all mad. He goes, why don't you sell new rims, do this, and then put metal valve stems in the new rims? I said, because that's not what he needed. I almost got fired over that. Because people, all they care about, when you start getting into the sales, it, you become dishonest. No, so there's George. George, I don't know about George. George, is, he's got a halo on his head. Uh, maybe he had Linda watch him. I don't know. Most salesmen, let me refer that. Let me rephrase that. Most salesmen, uh, they get in into, they, the flesh starts getting in there because you can see the money starting to flow. And it's easy to make money. It's really easy to make money. And there's a sucker born every minute, and there's somebody to lick that sucker every minute too. And you got to watch that thing. It's a, it's a dangerous thing, but payday will come. Uh, a lot is sitting here, and he don't think payday is going to come. And all of a sudden, two angels appear at his door, and he says, you need to get out of Dodge. And Lot never could let go of that. Some of, some of the people in this world, some Christians, most churches are the same way. I heard some great preachers talk about churches. They just recently, uh, uh, and you, you listen to them, they, they're preaching out of the wrong, I say great preachers. Uh, they, got, they got the message right, but they got the wrong book. So they have no power behind what they said. And everything they're saying is correct about what they're saying. They're talking about churches today and what people's attitudes are. Uh, we got, you hear me talk about sports. I, I think sports, I'm, I'm telling you, I'll sit there and talk about a football player all day long. I think a quarterback is one of the smartest men on the face of this planet. Mathematics and everything else, he has to throw that ball in, in the crisis. They're, they're trained, a good one is trained to know exactly what to do and how to stay calm. You've got nanoseconds, seconds sometimes to make a decision. You've got to throw a ball in the sky and it's got to be at the right height to reach a certain place. And you've got to have a guy down there at the same time. As he's running across here, and you know how fast he's going. There's a lot of things you got to take. But these guys are, are devils, man. They're wicked as they could possibly be, most of them. They don't care about your country one bit. They don't care about nothing else. All they care about is making money. And they're a bunch of, I don't want to say it, but they're a bunch of wicked men and women now. And we sit there and we watch that stuff like it is the greatest thing since peanut butter. How in the world could, could we possibly, and I do the same thing, I watch TV, I watch, not TV, but I got, uh, I guess it's cable, not even cable, it's, it's internet stuff, whatever it is, and I, Beth keeps telling me we need to throw it, I told her we need to throw all the TVs away, just throw them all away and get rid of everything, and uh, she goes, but I got these other little videos that we need to keep, no, if you, if you, little leaven, leaven of the whole lump, get rid of the whole stinking thing, that way you're not tempted by nothing, but I'm telling you, brother, we're in a world today where it's pulling on both sides. 
And the Lord is sitting there saying, come follow me. And if you don't watch out, what we'll do is we'll get on this side over here where Lot is. And that thing will keep taking us. And pretty soon we'll get into a place where we won't even think about what's going on. And we won't be able to make that decision. And then our feelings and flesh will get so involved in it uh, that it would almost, you, you're almost going to need an angel to come and drag you out. Lot is sitting here, and, and they drag him out. Uh, and R.G. Lee wrote that message, and I thought, man, that right there is a perfect thing. He overthrew those cities, and, and, and Lot never thought that was going to happen. And, but his wife looked back, verse 26, I'll stop right here. But his wife looked back uh, from him, and she became a pillar of salt. Little Johnny, I had this one from a message a long time ago. Johnny could not hold himself. While well, the Sunday school teacher told the story of Lot's wife. Uh, when she explained the part where Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt, little Johnny couldn't stand it any longer, interrupting, interrupting the uh, uh, teacher excitedly. He expounded with fever. My mother looked back once as she was driving, and she turned into a fence post. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> she had a wreck, okay? She had a wreck. Uh, little Johnny didn't get the story. But, but here is Mrs. Lot. Uh, Abraham and his wife never, never got into the Bible. They didn't have a Bible then, by the way. They didn't have much. Uh, they didn't have, they just had the word of God. And Abraham had it and Lot missed it because of the, the filth of this world. He, it just got a hold of him. And pretty soon he was down in there and he couldn't get out of it. And it just consumed him. And, and pretty soon it took his whole family and he died in, in misery. And we, he, the Lord says, as it was in the days of Sodom and Moses, as in the days of Lot, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. So as, as time moves on, it's going to get more and more like that. Uh, I think all the stuff that's happening right now in our world is a, a precursor to just that. I think we're leading right into uh, the tribulation coming up, or the, the Daniel 70th week starting. I believe we're headed right to that. Uh, if this isn't the, the first thing, it's going to be the next thing. Something's going to do it, because one day they're going to come and say, you're going to take a mark in your head. Uh, I heard somebody down there, he said, called me and said, well, he said, I don't believe the devil's in this. I said, why? He goes, well, because the devil's always trying to keep everybody divided. And he goes, this is trying to bring everybody together. I said, no, it's not. I said, there's the shot takers and the not shot takers. There's a division there on this planet. It's planet-wide now, division. And pretty soon, the, the not shot takers are going to be overridden by the shot takers. They just came out with the, the thing that says that uh, the mandate has been a uh, federal judge down in Louisiana put a stop to the mandate. I don't know how long it's going to be, and I don't really care. It doesn't really bother me one way or the other. I'm not going to take the thing anyways. But, uh, but I, I don't think they should ever have a right to tell you what to do when it comes to your... If a woman can have an abortion and nobody can stop her, how in the world could they tell you to take a shot and force you to do it? Uh, they, just, they shouldn't be able to do it. But, but anyways, Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the story a lot. Thank you for... R.G. Lee's message, payday someday. Lord, you will pay back someday, and Lot got his payday that day. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd open our eyes and keep our eyes open. Uh, Lord, like, like I said at the beginning of this, uh, the one thing I fear is that you take the thought of you out of my mind. Don't ever do that, Lord. Don't ever turn me over to reprobate mine. Uh, Lord, uh, spank me, uh, do whatever you, uh, correct me, uh, Lord, with your love and mercy and grace. Uh, but Lord, never take your thoughts away from me. Lord, that's the only thing that sustains me. It keeps me going. And Father, bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.